0: Well, good morning, Calvary. Happy Mother's Day to all. We do know that Mother's Day is both a celebration and it also can be a difficult day for some. And so whether you came in today celebrating your family or whether you came in um, feeling sad because of a loss of a, a mother or whatever those circumstances may be, know that we care for you and we're glad that you're here today as we start a brand new series called Behind the Sunday. And yes, we realize that if you abbreviate that, we become a really popular boy band, but that's not what we're going for (laughs) right now. We're actually trying to describe the way what we do on Sunday mornings and the why we do what we do on Sunday mornings. There's a purpose here. We don't just gather and show up just to be here. So as we try to start this series, we're going to start today on why we gather and why it's important as we gather, and I think this is important in our day and age because sometimes people um, don't take church like they should. And I, I think a good illustration of that would have been when I when I first uh, was graduated and got my first job. I was a full time job. I was the associate college minister at Auburn University War Eagle, the associate college minister. I, I was making a ton of money back then, and I remember moving into our house and we had a neighbor across the street who was the of what you would find in auburn alabama i'm not hating on it i'm just telling you that's what i found and this guy lived across the street from me every morning would have to go out to the porch to smoke because his wife didn't let him smoke and he would sit out there in his ri- a red tethered robe that was barely hung together and he would sit out there with his coffee in one hand and a cigarette dangling from the other okay and he would talk to all the neighbors he was the kind of guy who would give you the shirt off his back he would serve he if someone's yard needed to be mowed he would mow it but he was kind compassionate and incredibly stubborn and that that was just who he was and i remember one day about a month or two we'd been married um, we'd been moved in and and i was having a conversation with him and the conversation comes up he goes well what do you do that was my impersonation of his accent, which is actually dead on. And uh, I, I said, uh, at that point, I'm, I'm stuck with, like, what do I do with this? Like, do I, do I tell my work at the university? So I just decided to, to rip the band off and I go, well, I'm actually a, a pastor. I'm, I'm a minister. And I'll never forget his response. He looked at me and he goes, well, expletive, that's great. I read my KJV every day, and I don't need to go to church. And that was his response to me. And I think that's where a lot of the world is. And the reason that a lot of the world feels that way is because there's a misunderstanding of why we gather, what the church is about. And this dates all the way back into the Old Testament. So I'm going to use the word church to describe the Old Testament. Yes, I know they didn't call it church in the Old Testament, but if you'll bear with me, it's the community of believers. Why do people go to church in the Old Testament? There were pretty much four reasons. To atone for their sins through sacrifice. That's what they would do. They would offer a sacrifice to God. They would renew their commitment to God. They would learn about God, and they would be in His community. They would renew their commitment to God, they'd learn about God, and be in His community. In fact, the very idea of church defined their community. They were the people of God. Yet, being the people of God, as a definition, didn't mean they followed God. Hello? Hello? That they said, I'm a follower of God, but it didn't mean they necessarily walked with God. They liked the label. And so you see the problems existed. Well, fast forward to the New Testament. We pick up the story when what Jesus did on the cross, the Easter story. Jesus came and he, he sacrificed his life. He was crucified on a cross. He spent three days buried and then rose again and is alive. And in the moment that he came alive, the moment that he was crucified, the, the veil into what they called the Holy of Holies, the place in the church where god himself dwelt that curtain was ripped and at that moment we gained access to god himself that's huge but it created some why do we need church moments because you see if you follow jesus in other words you realize that he died for you and you surrender to him and you live with him then what happens is god himself in the form of the holy spirit comes to live within you and his presence is our purpose His presence, walking and living with Him, is what it really means to be a follower of Jesus. Not how much money you put in the offering plate, not if you serve, not if you show up, but His presence is our purpose. And so once we gained access to the presence of God and we didn't have to go to a location to worship Him, the church was going, do we need to go to church? So in Hebrews chapter 10, we see this, this idea of this struggle, and so this idea of, Now, where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer an offering of sin. This is the description of what he's saying, that as Jesus died for us, he allowed us to come into him. So, uh, as we follow through with that, the idea that we are walking with him, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross covers the past and the future sins of those that have given their lives to him. Jesus sacrificed. This is why we no longer need to do atoning sacrifice. This is why we no longer do animal sacrifices. Aren't you glad? I'm a little squeamish, y'all. I'm really glad. And so we don't have to do that because Jesus sacrificed. But what the author is saying here, now where there is forgiveness of sins, because we now have access to the presence of God, it means all the more we shouldn't take for granted the presence of God. And he's about to describe the importance of church. Now, before we go any farther, let me give you the three valid and necessary descriptions or definitions of the word church as found throughout the Bible. Here's what they are. The first one is where two or more are gathered in Matthew 18:19 through 20. Wherever two or more are gathered, he is there. So if you were to encounter me on the street, if you were to to run into me at the gas station, if you were to to see me and you say, hey, Pastor, or hey, Daniel, or hey, whatever, I need you to pray with me. Right then, as we're seeking the presence of God, the church is there. And aren't you glad? Because God is there. His presence is there. And we're able to, to do the holiness of praying together and encouraging each other and lifting each other up right then and there. So yes, if you have two or more believers in your house, the church is there. So why do I need to gather? The second definition of church. The second definition of church is a part of the larger body at a specific location. So the Colossians 1-2 addresses the church at Colossae, a location. It would be like Paul writing to the church at 310 Cal Road in case you didn't know That's where you are. Okay You're at 310 Cal Road in West Lafayette, Indiana And it's as he's writing there He's writing to a specific location and saying you all function as a part of the body of believers And you all need to gather for the purpose of helping each other and encouraging each other We're going to come back to that in a minute because the third definition of church is every believer everywhere so the book of James, the book of First Peter, when it addresses the church, it's not addressing a specific location, but rather, James even says, to all the saints everywhere. In other words, today we have brothers and sisters in pick a country. In just about every country, if not almost every country in the world, there are Christians represented. And we are witnessing the power of what God can do in those places, and we are united with them as the larger body of the believers of Christ. But we as a local church have our part to play in the larger body. So living for God on this earth requires us being connected to all three aspects of his church. All three. In fact, I'm going to go even further and saying without being faithful to a local body of believers, it is impossible to be adequately connected to Christ himself without being connected to a local body of believers it is impossible to be adequately connected to christ himself this is the time when someone goes what if you're stranded on an island okay then there's no local body of believers you are the local body of believers okay but if there's a body of believers then you need to be connected with them because the purpose exists for us as a church to do two things why do we gather the church gathers for two reasons um we find these in Hebrews ten, nineteen through 25. Therefore, what's the therefore? It's there to show us that just because Christ died for us doesn't mean we still don't need to come to church. We have access to what God is doing, but his presence should drive us through. Brothers and sisters, that's representative of those who believe Jesus. Since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus, we now have access to God himself. He has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain, once again, this means we can go into the presence of God that is through his flesh through what he did on the cross And since we have a great high priest over this house of god The leader of the church is jesus is what it's saying. The leader of the church is not daniel barry, right? It's not the lead pastor. The leader of the church is jesus. Can we just say that together the leader of the church is? Jesus. Okay, let's not forget that As we draw into the presence of god, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. That's representative of the baptism we just watched. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works. Now here's verse 25. Not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. The day approaching is the return of Christ. So he's saying, let us not neglect to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, even back then. Why were they in the habit of doing? Because they now have access to God himself. And they were like, if we have access to God Himself, I read my KJV every day. Why do I need to go to church? Right? And he's saying there's actually a purpose. There's actually a... Y'all know the KJV wasn't around in Paul's time, right? Please tell me. Okay, okay. This is another sermon topic for another day. But we now have access to God, but the church still needs to function for the idea of learning, training, and community, or around here as we describe it, the discipleship pathway that onboards us to understanding how to walk in the presence of God. So why does the church exist? Two reasons why the church exists. The church exists to point us to Christ. Amen. And everything that we do is to point us to God's presence. And if we're just walking through the motions, then we're missing out on what our purpose is, which is to walk in the presence of God. And then once we know that purpose, the church exists to help us equip others to do the work of Christ. In other words, to point them to Jesus. So we gather to draw into the presence of God, to be filled, to go and help others be filled with the power of the presence of God. This is why we gather. This is why it's important. Now, we know that, but a lot of times we don't practice it. Because we get Our priorities out of skew We get caught up in the Oh let's go do this or squirrel right And so part of what we need to understand In order to take this fully In the way that God intended Let me just get to What does church accomplish What are we trying to accomplish In other words why do we do what we do Or what is behind the Sunday Of the way that we're doing And living That is actually found in this passage as well the three lettuces and i'm not talking iceberg and romaine and some of you will get that later and you're like it's mother's day why are you telling dad jokes okay <laughs> let us there's three let uses in this passage the first one is found in 22 and this is what gathering with the church accomplices let us draw near with a true heart in the full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water So let us draw near in faith, being baptized into what he asks us to do. Let us draw near in faith, recognizing that if I give my life to Jesus, baptism represents the dying of myself, we're going to come back to this in a few weeks, and being raised to a new life. And in that new life, I'm living in faith. Now what faith requires is growth. Faith requires learning and training and people speaking into it. Faith requires us seeing how good God is because the more that you see God is good, the more you'll long for him. The more that you you want and desire to see what he can do and through you, you're going to long for that. You're going to, to desire that because God is always faithful to those who are faithful to him. But he doesn't force you. So he allows you to be faithful. And so as we're trying to do it, we're trying to spur each other on in faith. Another way that works is you're sitting there going, how am I going to live for God? Maybe you're the person who's like, this life is hard. And so you've been the person who's walked through a divorce. And you're sitting there going, oh, this feels hard. You come in here and you're broken. And then there's another person who's walked through a divorce in the past. And they're able to look into you and say, hey, it's going to be okay. I've seen God provide for me, and I want to share my faith story with you. You see that? And so what that does, as we spur each other on through our faith stories, as we become vulnerable and share our lives together, as we sit there and go, you can do it, and keep going, what happens is we go from working and building up our faith, we gather and grow in faith, to we gather to confess our hope. The second, let us. Verse 23, let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he who promised is faithful. Hope implies there's difficult days because it implies there's better days ahead. Hope implies that there are struggles. Hope implies that, hey, this life may be hard. And, and this is wrapped around in so much of what we do. When we gather to confess our hope, we are praising God, rejoicing, drawing into his presence, being filled up, and to go back out. And let me explain the way this works and the way that we create our systems around here. So on a Sunday morning, you will see, if you come to Calvary, a very typical Sunday morning service, though not always this way, is we start with two songs. Some of you like, there's two songs? It's because you're eight minutes late every week. You can, there's two songs at the beginning, okay? <laughs> and there's a reason behind those two songs. And then we have a sermon. And then we have baptism, or we'll have prayers, and then we'll have three songs, and then, then we'll go out. Now, why do we do that? We gather to sing those first two songs to begin to prick our hearts for the presence of God. I like to describe it like this. If you view your life in weeks as a chapter, worship is the end of one chapter and the start of another. So when we gather to sing those first two songs, they're a lot of times declarative. They're a lot of times pointing to hope. They're a lot of times expressed, even in the pronouns, God, you are faithful. God, you are good. God, I I want to acknowledge you and I want to say it's worship is our response to God expressed in and by the things he say and the way we live. We're going to come back to that more next week. That's Louis Louis Giglio's definition of worship, but it is our response to say, God, I made it another week. You are good. And if you come in sad, those first two songs can begin to soften your heart. You can begin to to feel it melting, to allow you to be. If you come in celebratory, then you're just celebrating all the more. God, you are good. But it's unifying that no matter if you came in bad mood or in a great mood, no longer if you're troubled or excited, what we're trying to do is soften the groundwork so that God's Word can be taught. Now, the word teaching there is actually the word kerygma. It means the spoken Word of God, which means when I stand up here or Drew stands up here or whoever may be preaching on Sunday morning, this is not just me teaching you like I would in the backyard of my house. It is thought over, prayed over, and what I'm really asking to do in these moments is I thank God, as best as I can, get Daniel Berry out of the way. May your word found in the scripture be poured out into the lives. May it sink down to the marrow of our bones and our souls. May, may it change us. May we, may we learn what it's drawn into, and we need to gather for that, to be inspired, to be... Um, Brought into the presence and allow him to speak to us That's why when people come up to me and go daniel you are doing a great job. I go praise be to god Because i'm hoping that god is the one who receives the glory And then our hope and our desire is as we get to the daily training and as we begin to wrap up a sermon You begin to feel a little pricking of your soul Like I need to take the next step And it's like the page of the next chapter begins to flip over as you begin to sit there and go, okay, this is going to guide me this next week. The will and the power of God. Let me be very vulnerable with you guys this morning. As a pastor, I weep when people aren't here. But not for the reasons that a lot of times people think. A lot of times people think, pastors want to be a part of a big church. Woo! It's not about that. It's that I want you to know how good God is. How faithful and loving and kind He is. Guys, every part of my life wants you to see the character and the nature. But a lot of times people just sit there and they, they walk through the motions or they may not be the most faithful attenders. If every single person who called Calvary home showed up every single week Y'all do realize we'd have to add a service, at least one, right? So why don't we? Let me give you another illustration to help you understand. This last week was May the 4th. May the 4th be with you and you. If you don't know what that is, it's Star Wars. And if you're sitting there going, oh, is that this? No. <laughs> Nanu, Nanu, Mork and Mindy. Wrong th- Wrong thing. But people are like, I don't know why you people like Star Wars. I watched Return of the Jedi once. It's not all that great. I'm like, you started with Return of the Jedi? No wonder you're lost. You don't understand any of the vocabulary, the characters. People are dying. You're like, what's the big deal about them dying? Because you haven't grieved with them over the, the storyline. You know, you had, uh, oh, yeah. Luke, I'm your father. What's the big deal? Okay, you don't get it because you missed out on the previous chapter. I think a lot of times we miss out on what church is really about because we try to read a book where we read two stories out of fifty-two a year, or three, counting Mother's Day, or, or two out of four, because you know that's 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 a, enough to get the gist of the story. Instead of understanding that it is the faithful. Living out Understanding Pursuit of his story That will change us You want to capture the full Message of what God wants for your life You've got to be involved In the whole story You want to be involved In the whole story you got to take Sunday morning important Seriously That's where we get hope And then what ends up happening is as we point each other to hope, we get to see the last let us, verse 24, and let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works. Not neglecting to gather together. Why do we gather? To love. Why do we gather? To help others see the importance of God. I don't think we get that like can you imagine a body functioning where the kneecap just says i'm not showing up today <laughs> you know it's just a kneecap what's the big deal or, or suddenly you're you're like I'm, I'm gonna be an nfl quarterback today but three of my fingers aren't going to show up and some of you're like well what's the big deal I'm, I'm probably not that important i'm just like you know an organ no one sees me what's the big deal you're the heart dude We can't the, the blood won't circulate without you being here I don't know that we understand that without all of us showing up the body can't be the body of Believers and when the body shows up to 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 love and and not just show up to be here But to, to actually care for this is what changes us Now let me wrap this story by saying did you notice the three let there let us Have faith Let us have hope Let us have Love faith hope and love. There's only another chapter that talks about that. Oh yeah, 1 Corinthians 13. And it describes why it's important for us to understand what the gospel accomplishes us as we gather together. 1 Corinthians 13, beginning in verse 11. It says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. In other words, I used to make things about myself. <laughs> to quote Rick Warren here, It's not about you Church is not about you And some of us need to mature in our faith Because if you think church is about you Then you're still a child in your faith Why? Because children think moms are there And exist on the earth for them Right? That's what Mother's Day is It's celebrating mom for doing what she's supposed to be doing Right? Right? kids, spoiler, that's not the answer. Husbands, spoiler, that is not the answer. It's not about you, but the fact that your mom loves you and serves you is because she gets it. She grew up. And in our faith, when we we come up to church and we see this For now we only see in a reflection as a mirror, but then we'll see face to face. Now I only see in part, but then I will fully known as I am fully known. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. That's what we gather. That's what we hope to accomplish in the church. But the greatest of these is love. When we come to church, not just for the benefit of, well, I don't need it today. It's not convenient to me today. But we come seeking to serve and to to work in the nursery and to allow a new mom to come hear the word of God without having a baby on her hip. Amen? Amen. When we come in here and we, we work in student community because sometimes our teenagers won't listen to us, but they'll listen to the cool guy, right? And sometimes we, we gather together in a men's study because someone has taking time out of their week to prepare a study to lead us or or we go work out in the parking lot because a smile might cause someone to come in the, the door that wouldn't or we're willing to give sacrificially through our offerings because it's not about the pastor's salary but God may you use this money for the glory of you and so I learned to sacrifice I learned to give I'm not about my preferences oh the pastor didn't preach long enough the pastor preached too short the pastor uh, preached too long the music's too loud the music's too soft it is not about you. And it's not about me. It is about the glory of God. And when we learn to abandon that and say, God, here I am. I don't want to walk out of here in the same chapter. Help me to turn the page and to find something new to give me hope, to build my faith, and help me to live out love this week, it'll change us. Now, let me be really transparent. Here's our daily training I want you to commit to serving Being involved in a small group discipleship And gathering with your church family for worship each week Why? Because it's not about you And when you serve You're going to allow God to move Here's another way I want to explain this Do you realize we have probably 30 college students Who work in our nursery Who are gone for the summer y'all we got tons of kids you got tons of kids don't drink the water (laughs) so let me give this challenge in a way that this might work maybe there's some grandmas in the room who's like i've done my job maybe you could go give one sunday a month for three months to allow the kids college students to be gone maybe you can bring grandpa with you if he's good if not tell him to stay home (laughs) no don't stay home Go find some other place to serve. Maybe you could help see a need, meet a need, because that's how you serve. This is one example. Do you see how it works? Let me go to another one. Fathers. Mother's Day is traditionally one of the highest attended days of the year because moms want their family to go to church. Father's Day is typically one of the lowest attended days of the year because you want to go play golf play golf in the afternoon what example are you setting for your family what example are you doing with that what would it look like if the father said no we're going to take church seriously what would it look like if everybody in this room before you left today got out your calendars and said church 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 on Sundays blocked it off nope because if there's something on the calendar it's a whole lot harder to change it now hear me go on a vacation Amen. I'm going to go on a vacation. Amen. Eventually. I'm like, are you going to be going next? No, I'm going to be here next week. Okay, but I'm going to, but I'm saying make church the priority because you need the chapter to meet the next chapter, to meet the next chapter, see the full story of what God is trying to do. I close with this simple illustration. The renowned preacher D.L. Moody was meeting with a, a fluent man who had, decided he wanted to follow christ he called dl moody up to his um chicago house this is back in the day you know so they were sitting in front of a a coal ember type fire having a good conversation about church and life and he goes listen you know pastor dl i don't know what he called mr moody he said i want to give my life to christ but god can live with me why do i need to be involved in a church?'" Without saying a word, the story has that the D.L. went up to the fire, grabbed some tongs, and pulled out one of those single coals from the fire, laid it down on the hearth, and continued talking with the man. It was just a few moments passed by that D.L. then pointed back over to that coal, and it was extinguished, while the rest of the fire was raging. You see, the church needs to be a fire to remind you I don't have my life together. I'm still going to struggle. I need you to stoke the fire. I'm going to fail. I, I need you to encourage me. I need, I need you to help me to, to be in community. I, I need you to, to help me to learn. I need you to help me to train. I need you to help me to overcome my failings, my, my problems, my past. And then I'm going to do the same for you, and we're going to invest in you, and we need each other. So would you commit to saying church is a priority? because God is the priority. Just showing up is not the priority. I'm going to show up to encounter the risen Lord. I'm going to show up expecting for God to challenge me. I'm going to show up because my family deserves it. I'm going to show up because my community deserves it. I'm going to show up because I believe Jesus is our hope, our future, and our joy. Let's pray. God, I thank you for what you're doing. And I thank you that there's a purpose. A chance to re-energize. A chance to be drawn into your presence. God, right now, give us the courage and the boldness to be what you want us to be. God, if you're speaking to us, don't let us drown you out. And as we get to the portion of the service where we literally are flipping the page and saying, God, this is what I want to go, may we give you our hearts now in response. May the words that we are singing match the measure of our heart to declare your goodness, your faithfulness, your kindness. God, in this response portion of the service, may you receive the glory. For you are good and faithful and just and kind and loving and faithful. You are here. You are present. You are everywhere. You are all-knowing. You were before and always will be. And you are good, and we declare that today. Amen.